Now back to the happy hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary hanging out with you guys on a Friday. Got a lot of stuff to talk about still in the final, you know, 20 minutes or so of the show. And to help us get ready for Nebraska-Purdue a little bit better, we bring in Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska, who is en route to West Lafayette. Zach, what's up, man? Where in the world are you right now? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm about, uh, what, five, ten miles outside of Dayton, Ohio, going up to West Lafayette right now. So we're going to be there in a... Uh, a little less than three hours. It's okay. 24-mile-an-hour 20, winds right now. It's 15 in West Lafayette, so I checked out the weather app and should be should be clear tomorrow. It's like 54 degrees and 6-mile-an-hour winds tomorrow night for kickoff. So no uh, no effects on Purdue's passing game, apparently, with the wind. I, I, that's that's kind of the main focus, right, going into this game is it's kind of – or excuse me, Purdue's passing game going up against Nebraska's secondary, right? Yeah, um, I mean, Purdue, we all know Aiden O'Connell has been there for forever, and it's a predominant passing game. I mean, it makes in the run, but it's pretty much Jeff Brom running an air raid, essentially, yeah. and it's going to be a huge test on, on Nebraska's secondary and interesting time for Nebraska to have an injury to their number one cornerback and then switch their previous number two cornerback to receiver without the plans of moving him back to corner so the corner depth is a little um isn't there right now and you're starting a true freshman at one spot who true freshman has been uh i mean it's been a pleasant surprise but you also saw last week that Rutgers picked on him a little bit with uh their big bodied receivers and i know uh purdue has a couple of them to to watch out for so it's just another interesting little wrinkle here we're talking to Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska here on on the happy hour um, as he's en route to West Lafayette right now. And, and Zach, I guess I, I, I we should probably bring this up. Mickey Joseph said on the radio last night that the black shirts are not going to be coming back this year. Um, and, and we have it's, it's kind of split up. The Husker fan base is kind of split up into two camps. One camp that is. I, I get why, and we're okay with it. The other is, what about the tradition? What about the? I mean, how could you not bring back the black shirts, especially if they start playing well? I mean, where do you? What, what side of the fence do you kind of fall on? And, and I mean, how big of a deal is it in all reality? I mean, I would like to see the demographics uh, of the of the fan base of who's for it mm-hmm. or making a decision and who's against it. Um, I mean, the fact of the matter is you have one of the worst defenses in the country for the first four games, and now they're playing a lot better than the last two, and I get it. But um, it, I think it does add a little bit of a distraction each week having to answer the question. Yeah. So it's better to just nip it in the bud right now. And then, I mean, like like they talked about, uh, Bill Bush talked about earlier in the week that it was, um, uh, he supported the decision. Now, I mean – I think I struggle with it because if the players are if the players are upset about the black shirts tradition going away, like you maybe you earned it in the going into the season, but now 
you lost it to, to mm-hmm. through those first four weeks. Like you didn't live up to that billing. So um, I think if, if he's going to pull the trigger on it, if that's his decision, it's better to just rip the Band-Aid off now um, rather than just have it, have it linger the rest of the season, you know? We we talk about how Nebraska's defense has really stepped up their play over the last two weeks. I mean, although it be Rutgers and Indiana, I mean, Nebraska's now done something. They've won two straight conference games for the first time in a couple years now. I mean, it's been a pretty um, strong two performances in a row by this defense, including two shutout two shutouts in the second half, I suppose. I mean, when we look at this Nebraska program as a whole, where do we fall on which side of the ball we feel better about? Because... I mean, you can say kind of the opposite for the offense. Maybe they've gone up against better competition defensively, but they've kind of struggled to put some points on the board themselves. Which side of the ball are we more more confident in heading into Purdue? Offense, um, because you still have the best player. You have a bit help. You have an all Big Ten caliber running back in Anthony Grant, and you have a quarterback who, in my I've been feeling this pretty strongly since we started the season that Casey Thompson is the number three best quarterback in the Big Ten behind C.J. Stroud and J.J. McCarthy. And you can um, That's what's so interesting is he's going up against Aiden O'Connell. I think Casey and Aiden are the two who are in the conversation for that number three in the Big Ten hierarchy. Um, the, obviously, the offensive line has been unacceptably, unacceptably bad the last – I mean, all season, but especially last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, giving up giving up 24 pressures, giving up pressure on 63% of uh, of Casey Thompson's dropbacks. Um, that uh, that's obviously just an unacceptable rate. But the defense is it, like we keep saying the word simplified. They're flying around. They're playing a lot better. Playing more aggression, emotion, and um, fundamentals. But you still you have that four game sample size, and I know it's under a uh, a previous defensive coordinator and Bill Bush has got those guys playing. They're they're humming along right now, but when it's been two games against Indiana and Rutgers, um, I I don't I want to see it again. I, like this Purdue game is a, a much stiffer test against a, a pretty explosive passing offense. Um, 300, 300, uh, 300. five yards per game. Um, passing yards per game, I think third in the Big Ten. So that's where that's where I want to see it. I want to see something more, um, tonight against an offense that's a step up. I still I still the Casey Thompson, um, like I said, Anthony Grant, then you have Trey Palmer, the Casey Thompson uh, Trey Palmer connection. Um, with those three guys, I just think that where you have those type of playmakers on that side, I, I feel more confident the offense we're speaking with zach carpenter of inside nebraska and you're talking about the offense and the confidence you have in the offense uh isaiah garcia castaneda decides to transfer away from the program although he hasn't really been much of a weapon in the offense since the northwestern game he was still somebody who at least for me i was looking forward to you know possibly breaking out again and now you lose him Outside of your your top two weapons for receiving in terms of receiving in Trey Palmer uh, and Marcus Washington and not counting Travis Volklick or the other tight ends, where else are you going to look for production from the wide receiver group, um, especially with Tommy Hill moving over to wide receiver? Right, and then you have Omar Manning who just 
he got hurt on a second snap last week. I know he's dated. Um, but still, he's been battling that for a while. I mean, we haven't seen much production out of him. Um, Elante Brown, I guess, it should be the next guy to step up, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it would be him and Oliver Martin are the two um, who follow behind those two guys in sort of the, the hierarchy. Um, Elante, he's, he's the one who consistently, week in and week out, gets the most snaps um, behind those two guys. So... Um, but all year, really, it has been Palmer and Washington. I mean, they're usually neck and neck for most snaps. I mean, that's the thing is, is Purdue's defense going to be able to key in on Palmer because, I mean, even though Marcus Washington gets all those snaps, I, I, I'm not sure if the production has quite been there. I think that's still coming along. But, um, I mean, Elante Brown would be the, the go-to or the, I think, the guy who needs to step up a little bit in that room. But you're still looking at the, that Palmer, Washington, and Travis Vokalek. I mean, if they can get him going, then I actually think that's a pretty um, – I, I think that's a pretty good uh, pass-catching trio right there. But if, if Vokalek can um, start showing start showing like what he was showing us in the Northwestern game before he got hurt. Uh, speaking of Travis Vokalek, saying in the, in the tight end room – Thomas Fedoni shut down for the rest of the year. Uh, we still haven't really seen him for the past two years really uh, be able to make it to the field. So obviously he hasn't been able to make any type of impact. But Travis Vokalek kind of injured on and off this season. Uh, Nate Borkacher behind him, Chancellor Brewington behind him. If Travis Vokalek is kind of limited in this game, who are you expecting to step up in that tight end room? Um, I'm not Totally shy of confidence in the in the passing game for um, for anybody to step up outside of local ed. Um, I think it would, you'd probably be looking at, at Brewington would be the more likely, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure of confidence and in, in anybody outside of outside of local ed. And local ed also has to show it too. So. Uh, Zach, last one before we before we let you go um, and let you get to the rest of your drive towards West Lafayette. How do you see this one playing out? Give us a, give us a prediction here. Yeah, so um, I, Purdue opened as a thirteen and a half point favorite. I was, mm-hmm. I was pretty damn surprised about that. Um, I, I honestly thought that it would open more likely around. I mean, maybe ten, but I thought we'd be looking at a nine point. Ah, shoot. Dang it. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, I have I have my final score, Purdue 35, Nebraska 24. Uh, it's, it's not really a good matchup for Purdue's strengths versus uh, Nebraska's weaknesses. I mean, that offensive line, I mean, the Nebraska offensive line is going to have to prove it mm-hmm. uh, before I can put any confidence in them. Um, and Purdue, their strength of their defense is their defensive line. It's not they don't have George Harlock, they don't have any star game records, but they've got uh, they got a trio there, um, Jenkins and uh, a couple of them. And they rotate in ten to twelve deep and so they stay fresh. I mean Casey Thompson last week talked about how he knew the pass rush was gonna um, the Rutgers pass rush was gonna get uh, Went down a little bit by the second half, um, 
and I don't see that happening with Purdue. And they a strong run defense. They're allowing 97, less than 97 rushing yards a game. And it's interesting that uh, Purdue is one of seven teams in the Big Ten uh, allowing less than 100 rushing yards per game. And there's only 20 teams in the country allowing less than 100 yards rushing per game. So the Big Ten's accounting for seven of them. Um, They rank number 17. Purdue does in that category. And Rutgers is 14. Um, or Rutgers is 14th now after facing Nebraska last week, where they shut down Anthony Grant, 19 carries, riding 47 yards, and mm-hmm. like 2.5 per carry. Um, and I just I, I anticipate Purdue being able to to shut down that that game again with the with what they've shown on the field so far and those numbers. So then, if they're one dimensional, you're going to the passing game. I don't trust that Nebraska's offensive line can step up and be able to consistently protect Casey Thompson from taking another beating. I mean, we're seeing it every week where he just takes these big hits. Oh, I, I mean, at least one a game, it seems, if not more, off the free rusher. A guy who's just going right into him, and he just keeps getting up, keeps getting up, keeps getting up. And I'm, um, you're almost, it's like you're waiting for that one where, where he it does either doesn't get back up or at least isn't able to get back in the game because mm-hmm. it's extremely, extremely, extremely tough mentally and physically. But sometimes, I mean, the body can only take so many hits, right? Yeah. And um, that's it's one of the number one things I'm most nervous about is Casey Thompson keeps taking those those shots. Um, and I, I see Purdue's defense being the lock down that run game and then be able to put enough pressure on Casey Thompson and then produce passing attack um, being able to to work this this Nebraska secondary which is already Nebraska secondary is already uh, struggling and then he lose or not lose but Quentin Newsom's been battling um, uh, that injury like day to day after missing second half last week so add all that in I just I see Purdue so there it is. There's Zach Carpenter. Zach, appreciate the time as always, man. Have a safe rest of your uh, drive. Enjoy Dayton, Ohio for the time being here. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next Friday. All right. Appreciate you guys. Beautiful Dayton, Ohio. Just <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> we'll you, talk Zach. to you soon. That is uh, Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Apologize for the the connection there, obviously, going through. Driving through Dayton. Driving through Dayton, and Dayton might not have the best uh, connection for whatever phone provider Mr. Carpenter has. So apologize that, um, but good stuff from from Zach, as always, uh, previewing Huskers and Purdue. All right, let's go ahead and take our final time out. Uh, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Sutter Heyman text line. Good news for Guardians fans, as they have tied it up at 2 um, between the Guardians and the Yankees. Darn you, Mike Schaefer. Um, as they are in the fifth inning, Rico, is that right? Yep, All right, so the, the, the bottom of the fifth. Aaron Shane Judge. Shane Bieber is still uh, on the on the bump for, I don't think Nestor for Cortez comes back the Guardians. So um, We'll be joined by the Husker Hall of Famer, Eric Strickland, uh, for the crossover coming up next on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.